Hey, it's Liz Kelly. Before you start the show, here are a few things that are going on at The Ringer this week. The NFL kicks off on Thursday and college football is officially back. So we've got Dual Threat with Ryan Rossillo on Wednesday and The Ringer NFL show in full swing with new shows every day of the week. Also, we'll be doing our first ever NFL wins pool, which you can check out live on Tuesday and after the fact on YouTube. On the site, Alyssa Bereznik has a feature going up about the future of the magazine cover, which you can check out on TheRinger.com. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined per usual by Isaac Lee, holding it down on the turntables. What's going on, guys? We were just talking. I, you had a nice weekend. I had a nice weekend. And then we looked at the calendar and we're like, uh, holy shit, basketball's almost back. <laughs> Six weeks, man. Tra- training camp is rapidly approaching. Oof. Training camp for the NFL, already over. NFL season is almost upon us. We have all sorts of NFL coverage on the ringer.com. We've got Robert Mays with our preseason power rankings. Danny Kelly's got the biggest winners and losers. Losers from the preseason. Plus, do you like podcasts? I think you do. You're listening to this one. We got tons of NFL podcasts. We've got the Ringer NFL Show podcast with Mason Clark. We've got GM Street with Tate and Lombardi. We've got the Fantasy Show, the Danacy Show. Very clever with the Dannys. You want to check out all of that content. They'll be keeping you in your NFL uh, coverage for the entire season. It's going to be very exciting. And as we mentioned, the NBA offseason funneling to a close. Training camp's going to open in the end of this month. So we've got all kinds of NBA content for you on the ringer.com. Danny Chow just broke down the Suns Rockets trade. Very interesting. Later on in our show, we're going to break that down with Haley O'Shaughnessy. She's going to be here and we're going to also run through some of our Are We Sure series, which continues. But first, as I mentioned, NBA training camps coming up in a few weeks. A lot of storylines that I'm interested in, some storylines that our friend is interested in. So we bring in a man we have not talked to and frankly, far too long. I've missed his Sent. Let's get him in here. Boom shakalaka. He's heating up. He's on fire. All right, joining me on the other line, a man, frankly, it's been too long. He was on Heat Check all the time, and then summer happened, and I was on vacation, and our paths didn't cross, so it's been way too long. Joe House from House of Carbs and Shack House, triumphant return on Heat Check. Long gone. It's been too long, but we're back, baby. <laughs> we, we are back. We got a lot of NBA to talk, and I was trying to figure out what you and I should do, and we're both excited because we both like the NBA, and training camp is about to open in a couple of weeks. So we figured we'd each come up with like three storylines that we're very excited about individually and just like cash it out. Three storylines as training camp approaches that we're looking forward to. Absolutely positively. Wangan, do you realize we are barely six weeks away from the first game, the first regular season game uh, on the NBA schedule? My head hurts, House. Like, I love basketball and I'm excited about it, but I'm also kind of like, really already? It's already happening? I, but look, this is the thing. that We're in a September-October mode. There there are two uh, schools of thought. Either you're an April-May kind of sports person, person or you're a September-October kind of sports person. What's your preference? What do you like? 
I, All the I, great things on the sports calendar happening right now. And, and it's great. The resumption. And it's I, I think mine is clouded by, I feel like we just ran a marathon and like we haven't fully recovered yet because the finals wrapped in June. When we had Ju- July and August, now we're in the very beginning parts of September and we're already talking about basketball being back. And I like it's hard for my brain to process it that it's that it's here already. I get it. I'm still, you know, riding the high. I'm I'm waiting for my turn with the Stanley Cup while I'm gone. Believe me, I'm waiting for my K Street triumphant walk down the street with the Stanley Cup. I'm waiting for the Caps to call me up. You gotta, you've got to enjoy that. You've got to ride it out as long as it as it'll last. As we speak, House, I'm wearing a Philadelphia Eagles hat, so I'm going to ride that out as long as I possibly can. Uh, we like the, the, these types of things don't happen that often for you and I for DC and Philadelphia. I'm telling you, I thought we might have something hot going with baseball, but both of our teams made a mess in the pants in the <laughs> yes, last few weeks, so yes, we can just cross that one off. All right, so we've got basketball coming up. Storylines we're excited about. You go first. You're the guest. Uh, I cede the floor to you, my friend. Number three. Okay, well, I'm going to pick up on one of the the most recent bi- developments in the association, and that is the Luol Deng Disappearing Act. And so here we are with the Los Angeles Lakers, led in spirit and in uh, title as well, and and by you know uh, by religion, by magic himself. There is, it feels like, a magic magic act coming, which is how are we going to transform Luol Deng into a star caliber player? There is this uh, you know ongoing narrative as it relates to one LeBron James, who shall he select? And of course, Kawhi is the leading contender, but I, that's one of my other, I have that topic sort of slotted off here for another conversation. I very much like this roster of free agents coming up in 2019. It's not just Kawhi, Wangan. We've got KD in mm-hmm. the mix. He's got an opt-out for himself. We He probably exercises it. He, he likes the, the freedom that, that provides. Clay Thompson, L.A. is in his name, Wangan, mm-hmm. and in his blood. His dad is an L.A. guy. He was raised in L.A. And, of course, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie. It's going to be – I don't think Kyrie's going to L.A., but any one of those other guys could be there with the LBJ. What do you, you think? Uh, well, okay, so your you're number three here is very interesting in, in terms of Lakers roster building. Um, I'm, Clay said he wants to stay in Golden State forever. You, are you buying that, or you're just saying now that you think that that might be lip service and he could be pried away? It's the right thing to say for, for, for Clay. He's always uh, conducted himself with the utmost uh, you know, wisdom and, and, and appropriate uh, – adult spirit in terms of how he holds himself out and his commitment to his team and so forth. He he doesn't engage in very much knucklehead behavior. He does dance a little funny. That dance in China last year was funny. <laughs> but uh, he said the right, that's exactly what he should say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, things change. He, they win another title. That's how many rings on his fingers. He's, I don't know if he's he's got, he's going to go one for the thumb. Uh but, you know, L.A.'s in his blood. Who knows? I do think, like, uh, independent of, of, of 
whether it's Clay or they're they're going to add via a trade or they're going to add in free agency. I wrote a piece uh, that this Los Angeles Lakers roster, as currently comprised, this cast of mis- misfits that they've assembled around uh, LeBron James, is not the team that they're going to have in place. You know, post trade deadline, and we've seen from LeBron James's teams uh, time and time and time again that they like to tinker, especially when he was in Cleveland. He got very impatient. I can't imagine that he's going to go through an entire season with Lance Stevenson and Rondo and JaVale McGee and, you know, Beasley and like, you know, who knows how long Lonzo and LeVar Ball are going to be around. Like, it just feels like it's going to be funny for a second and he's going to be fine with it until he's not. And then, yeah, I'm with you that eventually... You know, it looks to me like Magic is going to have to move some pieces around. And don't forget, Magic said, hey, if I don't get the stars to come to L.A., I'll resign. Now, he got the biggest star, but that's not the end of the the process here. You got to keep going because you got a lot more you got to do if you're going to contend with the Golden State Warriors. Word up all 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 across the board. Wangan, I'm not surprised. In the least bit, we uh, agree with each other 100%. I like it. All right, so number three on my board. I, as you know, from the East, from the east uh, spent a lot of my uh, life on the East Coast, lived in Boston for a while. Very interested to see what the Celtics are doing. They were already uh, Eastern Conference contenders last season. They're good. I, I have them at the top of my Eastern Conference rankings right now because they're adding in two All-Stars and Kyrie and Gorder to a team that was already really, really good. Um, I want to see how they phase those guys back in, though, because it's on the surface. You look at it and go, oh, my God, they're going to be so good. Right. But also getting them minutes means folding some minutes back for some of the other guys. So what does it mean for the J team? What like Jason Tatum, I think, is going to be safe in terms of his minutes load. But what's it mean for Jalen Brown? Probably you got to bring him off the bench. How's he going to take that? This is going to be a Brad Stevens coaching job. Spectacular. I want to see what's going to happen with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, it hurts me to say this. Uh, for any other team in the league, except for maybe San Antonio, I would uh, think that there's some genuine intrigue around how Boston is going to make this work. Um, Brother Stevens is just too good. I mean, we, we've just seen him manage people so well over the course of his entire NBA tenure. If there's a singular skill that he has exhibited and demonstrated... He's been able to break through with with no knuckleheads and turn them into assets for the Celtics uh, in terms of trade assets. You know, he, the Jordan Crawford thing, I'll never get over the rehabilitation he put on him. You know what he did in terms of maximizing uh, poor little Isaiah Thomas, um, but they yeah. got the very, very best out of him. There was almost no rebuild at all in Boston. And here they are sitting with a wealth of riches between the picks that they have and the players that they have. And it hurts my heart to say this, but I think that Brad Stevens is going to figure out a way to make it work. They're, they're good. They're deep. They're and loaded. I can't, um, in good, in good conscience, put Toronto ahead of them. Although Toronto is right there. I'm very so you've got, it's for me, I've got the Celtics because all the things that you just said, I mean, like they're loaded already and they have so much financial flexibility and, and draft picks that they could move pieces around the board. Uh, so they're in really good shape if they wanted to somehow add another star, 
Uh, Let's make sure forward. Bill Simmons doesn't listen. To I know. I hate this. I can't say I, anything like, good about the effing Celtics. And I'm going to get Celtics. a lot of heat from people in Philadelphia, but I, I got to be objective here. The Celtics are really the, on paper. They look They're great. Loaded. They're loaded. Come on. It's hard to deny. Uh, but uh, in that second tier, like after the Celtics, I've got uh, the Raptors and the Sixers on the same line, like uh, 2A and 2B. I think I could see either of those teams giving the Celtics a run for their money, but I still would have to put the Celtics ahead of them. Oh yeah, you have to. I mean, you know, the the interesting thing to me, the the Celtics uh, in 2018-19, the fulcrum player to me is Kyrie. Like, what yeah. version of Kyrie are we getting? What happened with his knee? Is it fully rehabilitated? And he continues to to be a headline item associated with the New York Knicks. So is he thinking about next season and perhaps relocating out of uh, Beantown? There is a little bit of intrigue around him, but it may not matter is the, the, the maddening thing because of the, you said it, the J team. They're just so deep so in Boston yeah. that Kyrie might be expendable. And in fact, may be expended. We might see him on the trade trade deadline. Expend away, Danny Ainge. Expend all of them away and ruin your team. That would be wonderful for us. Uh, all right, give me your number two. That's enough Celtics talk. Yeah, that's enough Celtics talk. Well, we talked about, we, we hit on them a couple times here already. I'm loving what's happening in Toronto and the campaign that I'm excited for in 2018-19. Keep Kawhi in the six. We have Drake with an unprecedented challenge in front of him. They have a pretty damn good <laughs> team in Toronto. They're deep. They're young. And they have the, a, a, a guy in the form of Kawhi who, if he's healthy and motivated, and motivation has previously not really been an issue with him, but who knows after the weirdness of last season, He's a top, not just a top five player. He's a top three player in the league. He's a genuine two-way guy. And the combination of Nick Nurse, who gets uh, deserved credit for revamping the offense in Toronto, uh, an offense that put them in the very upper echelon of all the advanced metrics last year, 59 wins, and, uh, and, and just what is Drake capable of? Do we know whether or not Kawhi likes to rap? Does Kawhi <laughs> like to sing? Does he have a good Nobody voice? knows anything about Kawhi. He's an enigma. He's always been he's a complete riddle. That guy, like, for being as good as he is on the floor, he is unknown and unknowable off the floor. The inscrutable Kawhi. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see if Drake can drag something out of him. Keeping Kawhi in the six is a storyline that I'm going to relish the entire year. Because I'm not, we just saw with Paul George, uh, he was persuaded to stay right there in Oklahoma City after showing all of that love and affection for Los Angeles. They couldn't pry him away. Maybe Kawhi finds something in, in, in the T-dot that keeps him right there in the six. Yeah, I like this one. I think Masai Ujiri is to be commended for making this move. I, I They're going to be considerably... I like DeMar, DeMar DeRozan fine, uh, but as you mentioned, Kawhi Leonard is in, an incredible upgrade uh, at both ends of the floor. And this this Toronto team, like I think everybody kind of overlooks them because you know 
we go, oh, you know, by the time the playoffs come around, what are they actually going to do? But LeBron is gone now, and the East is open. And yes, I think they're still behind the Celtics, but who knows by how much, because you did add one of the five best players in the entire NBA to a team that was already really, really good in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Then you've got, I mean, I think he's going to fit in seamlessly with Kyle Lowry. I really like Fred Van Fleet and DeLon Wright and some of these younger guys. Plus, they added Danny Green, who's a good defender, can shoot the three ball. I mean, you mentioned Nick Nurse. Fine, fine. I'm, you know, like, I don't think that that's uh, here or there, like, head coaching wise. Like, you move on and you, you start over with your head coach, but you really, I think, upgrade your roster uh, big time. Now, the question is, how much and is it enough, like you said, to get Kawhi to go, okay, I'm going to stay in Canada. I'm going to stay with this Raps roster. We can do something in the Eastern Conference. And then, you know, who knows what happens when we, if and when we make it to the finals. Yeah, that's the underrated aspect of this. Let Kawhi get a taste of what it's like to go up and down the East Coast and kick everybody's ass, you know, being in the Eastern Conference as opposed to the nightly, you know, battles that he encountered because the the West has during the entirety of his career been, you know, eight to 10 teams deep. And every night it was a, it was a battle uh, for the Spurs. Now he had the benefit of the impeccable Spurs system, um, you know, as a form of, of, uh, continuity and stability. Um, but I think he might like going out and kicking ass against the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I, th- I mean, how could he not? This is going to he, look, he's out of San Antonio and uh, all that is behind him. So we'll see how that goes for him. Well, you and I uh, very much of a like mind uh, as we're doing this podcast, you're in the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference is on your mind. It's on mine as well. My number two, uh, City Brotherly Love, two guys that I want to know if they can shoot. Can Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz shoot now. We, they spent apparently all summer working on their shots. Uh, there was video of Simmons shooting uh, from you know various gyms this summer. And of course, uh, our friend Kevin O'Connor broke down uh, Ben Simmons' appearance on James Corden where he was shooting with his right hand instead of his left because KOC is a maniac. But I want to see if Ben yes. Simmons can shoot. And then also... Uh, Markel Fultz spent the entire summer with shot doctor Drew Hanlon, who works with a number of professionals uh, in the NBA, including Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid and Bradley Beal and Jordan Clarkson and all those guys. They were working out right here in uh, California and LA, out by LAX. But at the beginning of the summer house, they were letting media, including me, come in and check out Markel Fultz's shooting. And then towards the end of the summer, you know, then all of a sudden they weren't letting people in. So I just wonder like maybe his shot is right. We, there, uh, Drew Hanlon went and did a podcast where he said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this kid's shot. He's going to make my career. I hope that's the case because if, if Markel Fultz can shoot now, that's exactly the kind of guy that the Philadelphia 76ers need. Well, I was, I'll put it this way. I like that, that uh, take and this thing to look forward to with this upcoming season qu- quite a bit. I wonder if we, uh, all we need out of, both guys is is a is a credible motion. It, it doesn't mean that they have to come in and both shoot fifty five percent or sixty percent from the field. They just have to have the threat. I mean, we already got a triple double out of Markel Fultz in in the you know in the in the ten games that he played. <laughs> and Ben Simmons may not need a shot. Like 
you know, remember, it took Jason Kidd forever to get a shot, and, and he was pretty gosh darn effective. I mean, Ben Simmons was unbelievable last year. He had a rookie year that puts him in the in the top five of all rookies in the history of the association. So the shot, I mean, I'm okay with tapping the brakes. I mean, I'm not in a hurry to find for him to find a shot, um, but it will be very interesting, exciting if both of them, all, all they need is a credible shot. They don't need a great shot for both of them to have that, that uh, you know, in, in, in a repertoire um, that both of them possess, you know, a, a, a lot of skills in other areas. And and I just, more than anything, with Fultz, I'm excited to see him play basketball. That's what I'm I'm looking forward to with the Sixers. Even a whiff of a shot from one, I, I don't even need both. Even a whiff yeah. of a shot from one of them would would go a long way for this team because as this team is currently comprised, if Fultz can't shoot or can't play, and if Simmons can't shoot, this team is still in the Eastern Conference contending mix. They were last year. They will be again. They've got Embiid. And like you said, Simmons, even without a shot, was an amazing player last year. So if they can add one of these guys with a sniff, just a little bit of a shot, then all of a sudden we're on to something. I'd be really excited. Uh, All right. Give me your number one. My number one hot line item for the 2018-2019 season, as we sit here on September the 4th, 2018, is Ernie Grunfeld an emotional genius. <laughs> and by that, I mean, does he possess a, a supernatural instinct when it comes to emotional intelligence? Did he know that this upcoming 2019 draft class? Now, I, I've only seen a little bit of these Duke kids, but I've gone, I've been online. I've been reading. I'm going to say all the names wrong. J- Jonathan Gavoni. I, you know, I Jonathan never Gavoni. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm on there checking it out. Now, these two kids, what they did up in Canada, it felt like it was the the dream team against Senegal all over. I mean, it was <laughs> incredible. Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, and we didn't see we didn't even see Cam Reddish. Uh, what these kids appear to be capable of, it feels like this upcoming 2019 draft could be five or six. The top six players might all be franchise cornerstone kids. I mean, I'm already, I I know the projections are that RJ Barrett is probably going to go number one, but Zion Williamson, I Wait, just so can't I got to pause you for a second. Wait, so are Please. you, the way that you're presenting this, like, are you, are you pro uh, Wizards tank? Well, this is the thing. This is why my boy Ernie Grunfeld might be a genius because he was, <laughs> he's not, he's criticized. definitely not. <laughs> It's definitely not. He might be. <laughs> he certainly is not. The criticism of the moves that were made by the almost bullets in the offseason, acquiring Dwight Howard, acquiring Austin Rivers, acquiring Jeff Green, the biggest questions have to do with chemistry. Well, how about this? If the chemistry stinks, why not hit the reset button, the eject button, coincident with an all-time cornerstone franchise player draft. Let Zion Williamson come on in here to Washington, D.C. We can jettison Dwight Howard. Who knows if if John Wall, I mean, he was 229 pounds at one point this summer, and I was wondering if he was going to try out for the for the uh, professional football team here in Washington. He looked big. Uh, he, he Maybe he's going to play big, and I don't know anything about the chemistry between uh, all these guys, it is by far the most veteran team that John Wall will have ever uh, been in put, 
put, been in charge of. And there's no question, there's no debating that uh, Dwight Howard is the best center that John Wall will have played with in his entire basketball career. So who knows? Uh, it may be a dismal failure. And if so, plan B is staring us in the face, Wangon. I love this. Um, before I unveil my number one, I, last time you and I mentioned John Wall and his size, like he looked thick, right? So I got people gave me heat on Twitter for saying that he he's you know in shape and he's fine. I don't know, like, am I losing my mind or does he look like he like if Jordan if Jordan Reed is injured again for the Washington football team, which he is always injured, like it looks to me like John Wall could play tight end. Didn't he look like he was a little big during the summer? I mean, he's capital. All caps, T-H-I-C-C. That's how the kids say it. Am I right, Wangon? <laughs> thick. He's yes. thick. But he, he did sign up with a trainer down in, in Miami that has a great track record. And there was a bunch of agility stuff that you could look up on the YouTubes. And I did. And his agility did not seem to be affected in any way, shape, or form. If the purpose of the muscle is to provide him a foundation to help take some of the wear and tear off his knees. I'm, I'm all for it. If we're looking, if this is the season that we're going to see an adjustment out of John wall in terms of, you know, the sort of reckless abandon, uh, going to the hole. And, and if there is a small diminishment in, in his speed, but he's, uh, going to be a little bit better able to withstand contact around the basket. I'm okay with it because he's, I don't know if the advanced stats bear this out. My eye test is he doesn't finish in as, as much around the rim as I would probably personally like. I love that uh, you came up with this one for your number one. We did not discuss this beforehand. Uh, in fact, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been far too long since you and I talked. We've texted a couple times that you were at Summer League and then I was on vacation. And so we didn't get to discuss all these moves for the Washington Wizards. You said uh, during your uh, conversation about your number one that if the chemistry is bad for the Washington Wizards, my number one is the Washington Wizards tire fire and the, the certain... <laughs> Awful chemistry. I could not wait to talk to you about this because when they signed Dwight Howard and they acquired Austin Rivers, I, I laughed for a good and long time and thought about my friend uh, and colleague Joe House and felt bad for you because I am really looking, like as a Philadelphian, as a basketball fan, uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what becomes of the Washington Wizards with Dwight Howard in that locker room with Austin Rivers, one of the most hated men in the NBA in that locker room in their, in their infinite wisdom. We came at this, uh, we ended up at the same point, but we came at it from two different ways. You, you're hoping that this ends up in a tank. I'm just looking at it as an LOL situation because in their well, infinite I, I'm wisdom, not hoping it ends up in a tank. I just think it's a reasonable option to go ahead and, and, and pull the plug and tank. If over the first 25 games or 30 games, we, we, we don't like what we see. And I think that makes complete sense. And I hadn't even considered that point. I was just thinking about, oh, this is going to be a, a, an absolute tire fire. And uh, like, let's see where it ends up. But yeah, taking it to its logical conclusion, they should go to the extreme. But in their infinite wisdom, they looked at this team and they went, okay, we've got a chemistry problem. Marcin and John Wall obviously aren't getting along. Let's get rid of Marcin. That part, part A. Makes sense. Part B, let's bring in Dwight Howard, who everywhere he's gone has been an issue with his teammates. And let's bring in Austin Rivers, who not exactly beloved. Like, that's where I take my leave and go, what are you doing, Ernie? Like, this is not the way to make your team better. This is not the way to elevate them out of the Eastern Conference. You barely squeaked into the playoffs last year as the eighth seed, if only because the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets and the Knicks were even worse than you. 
I look at this and go, this is a disaster waiting to happen. I'm with you, Joe House. Let it happen. Tank it up. Get a good player. And then blow up the rest of the roster. Yeah. So I'm going to do the glass half full version. Starting with this proposition, which is the the Wizards committed the cardinal sin. You cannot do what they've done in in this era of of National Basketball Association, which is sign the wrong three players to max contracts. There's nothing wrong with having you know a, a big three and signing all those guys to to max contracts. They just have to all be all star players. And what the Wizards have is kind of one and a half all-star players. Beal made the all-stars for the first time this most recent season. Uh, and and Otto Porter will probably never be an all-star, although he is beloved by the advanced uh, metrics crew. He's a very efficient offensive player. But once you start with that cardinal sin as the foundation, then what you're doing is you know trying to find ways to surround those players who are great but not super to 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 elevate that that triumvirate and the best you can do is try and find reclamation projects and guys that are motivated by situation to exceed their 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 past to beat their past and i'm mainly talking about dwight howard it happens to be the case. It happens to be the case, Wangan. Please name for me the very best point guard, professional point guard, that Dwight Howard has played with in his career. Uh, late era Steve Nash, early era Jameer Nelson. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, that, that, that's the list. I, I mean, I think it's reasonable to, to argue that John Wall could be the very best point guard that Dwight's ever played with. And Dwight loves to pick and roll. And John Wall's exquisite at the pick and roll. Kemba's pretty good, but I, I'd obviously take John Wall over him. But yeah, I, I'm with you on all of those things. I will say just to your point about like the three guys that they signed to max contracts, they were in a tough spot there because like I'm no Ernie Grunfeld fan. I can't I'm, I can't believe that he's still running that team after all these years. But emotional how you, genius. How do you not sign John Wall? How do you not sign Bradley Beal? Maybe you don't sign Otto Porter, but what are your other options? So it's like you kind of you're kind of boxed in in that situation, but I'm with you that Well, uh, other GMs have other options. That's that would be the one that I would take issue with and umbrage with and 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 be, you know, wanting to have more creativity and more flexibility. I I like very much Otto Porter and he's he's been he's nothing but the consummate professional, you just can't pay him max money. That's all. Yeah, I, I think the other option would be to find another general manager, but the Washington Wizards evidently are, are it's like a Supreme Court justice. They installed Ernie Grunfeld and it's his job for life. So Godspeed. Uh, somehow we ended up doing our top three storylines and both of us ended up on the Wizards as the number one. So yeah. that'll never happen again. Uh, apologies to all the other NBA fans. You've got, you're everywhere. As I say all the time on this podcast, you've got Shack House, you've got House of Carbs. You want to plug anything? Wangan, I don't know. Everything's in flux. We're going to have a shack house about the Ryder Cup. We we know all the guys that are going to be on the Ryder Cup. We're looking very forward to that. Uh, and I don't know what I'm hungry for. We're going to see what, what, what appears in September on our uh, menu and on our plate on House of Carbs. All right, check out Joe House on both of those podcasts, and he'll be NBA is back, which means Joe House back on Heat Check as a regular contributor. House, miss you. Thanks for doing this. Love you, Wangan. Thanks, buddy. All right, homie. All right, so that was Joe House. Before we bring in Haley, a quick word from our sponsors. 
Today's heat check is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. It's a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And with results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Heat Check is also brought to you by Miller Lite. I love that we got a booze ad. This is wonderful. It's very on brand for the Heat Check podcast. Look, here at The Ringer, we have our disagreements, but there shouldn't be any debate about this. Miller Lite is, in all capitals, the great tasting light beer with only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs. That's fewer calories and half the carbs of Bud Light. So there's really nothing more to talk about. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true. And now let's bring in Haley. All right. So we have a lot of uh, smart people at the ringer. We have a lot of young people at the ringer. The sweet spot, the intersection of smart and young is sitting in the studio right now with the wonderful announcement. Joining me in the studio, Haley O'Shaughnessy. You want to break the news? You want to tell everybody your new title? Oh my God, don't embarrass me. This is what I listen. I'm a, like a proud parent over here. This is so great. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. I, as, as a resident I'm old, blushing. to see you coming up and getting your due, you're a brand new staff writer at The Ringer. Applause, applause, applause. Um, this is great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, I'm very happy for you. Same with Paolo Ugetti. Paolo Escoblog got, got the title bump as and well. And Zach Cram. And Zach Cram. Three of my favorites at The Ringer all coming up. Uh, love to see good things happening to good people. Uh, so now you're here. You're an expert. You've always been an expert, but now you're an expert with a fun title. And so I brought you in because we haven't gotten to discuss. We've discussed it on Slack. We haven't discussed it in person. Uh, The Suns and the Rockets made a trade. Very interesting. Ryan Anderson and DeAnthony Melton for Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. Danny has a piece up on the ringer.com right now uh, saying that it's kind of more than a Ryan Anderson salary dump. And Anderson did reduce his guarantee in 2019-20. From twenty one million to fifteen point six, which you believe it's that? criminal. It's cr- I love Daryl Morey. I think he's for my money. He's if not the best, then the second best. You know, one one A with uh, Danny Ainge, GM in the NBA. But who's one? Who's one A? Toss it out there. I mean, it's I'm I'm good with either of them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to disparage either man. However, what the hell with that contract? And amazing that he got out from under it. He must really love basketball. <laughs> or Phoenix. Yes. I don't know what it is, but yeah. maybe he got tired of everyone talking shit about his contract for so long. Also, sorry, my voice is gone. I think more vocal fry than usual for me. So <laughs> there's a, nothing I can do about that. You know that, right? It's very sultry. It's good for basketball conversation. Sultry, I, yeah. I, I, for Ryan Anderson, I think like you know, I don't begrudge him. Get you know, get your money, man. Right? But no, that's the thing. Get your money. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. For years, people have been like. Since the start, they've been like, I think that this might be a bad idea. 
And now you're like, yeah, I guess I agree with you. Except when your next contract comes around, you're never going to see this kind of money. So why would you ever reduce it? So Woj made this point, and I don't. I'm going to credit him for that because you know, never steal from Woj. That's good advice for uh, people in the NBA and also young aspiring writers. But he made the point that uh, by reducing his salary, it still kind of works out for him because either he makes the money. Uh, or he goes into free agency in 2019 with uh, like the full amount, depending on you know certain bonuses. So it's not going to be that bad for Ryan Anderson. But I'm with you. I would have probably just been like, just give it to me now. I'm not going to gamble on this. But how do we like this trade in general for the teams? I like it for both teams. I you do. think that yeah, I do. Obviously, probably the biggest storyline is that Houston's been wanting to get Ryan Anderson gone for a very sure. long time. Uh, so that's probably the can't biggest. play defense. No. Albatross in the playoffs. Yeah. And what made him so appealing is now just not enough. For a team that's a title contender, it's just no longer enough. That's probably biggest for them, not necessarily what they got back, obviously. And then for the Suns, this is exciting. This is, you know, pair him with Ariza. It's another veteran that can give them stability among all these young guys. And he's just a sweet spot. And so is Ariza of not inhibiting them, which can be a problem for, you know, young teams that will sign veterans. Like, the Kings always come to mind. You know, they just bring in yeah. veterans that do too much. Like, George Hill, that signing was always confusing. You know what I mean? So Careful. This is- Danny listens to this podcast. That's his guy, George Hill. <laughs> how, how, all right. I have many questions about the Suns because I feel like the ringer is very pro-Suns right now. Are very we? excited about, just like about the young guys. And um, it'll be interesting to see uh, with McDonough was sort of on the hot seat there. Is, he, is this finally going to be a team that's like exciting at least or entertaining? Oh, yeah. I think uh, exciting for sure. The second this happened, I was like, if they weren't already my league pass team this year, they are now. They're top of your yeah. league pass rankings. We're going to do a league pass rankings on this show before the season begins. But they still—and I looked at the roster uh, and double-checked it. Still no point guard. And no I've, point guard. I've been thinking about this. I think they'll make a trade. They could make a trade, but uh, as somebody who watches the NBA— who? Me? You and me and Isaac. We all love the NBA here. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the NBA is a point guard league. Might need a point guard. So I'm a little nervous about that. Would you run Devin Booker at the point? Is the is this what you think that they might do? Is this what we're looking at? Do they have to do it by necessity? I mean, yeah, if they have no other option. It could be interesting. That It'd be fun, personally. I don't know if it's in their best interest. Let's see. They have Melton now. How, yeah. How do you feel about DeAnthony Melton? Cannon. Like, I don't... I, I mean, that's... They're all exciting. I can't wait to see all of them play. I think that he has a lot of promise. So that'll be fun. Who do they have from the draft now? They have him, Bridges, mm-hmm. Aiton. Yep. It's a young that's team. That's so much fun. It's a young team. So I think that, it's honestly, let's say that they don't trade for a point guard, which I think there's probably like a 75% chance that they do. Okay. It'd be fun to see them rotate everyone around. Yeah. Which is, I mean, the stakes are still low. No one expects them to come out and like make the playoffs this year. I wonder, again, though, uh, no, I don't think anybody expects them to make the playoffs. I do, however, wonder what this means for McDonough because there were, uh, like a couple of years ago, remember, like out of nowhere, the Suns got good. They had two point guards. It was really interesting. Then all of a sudden, they added a third point guard. And then it got messy. And it got messy and it it didn't go very well. And then all of a sudden, they cratered again and now they're trying to rebuild it. I wonder if they do go out and make a trade. I wonder if they're, they're just gonna go and run the young kids out there. From the Rockets' perspective, I thought it was interesting too that, uh, 
you know, they do get out from Ryan Anderson, and then they bring in Chris, uh, who obviously did not realize his potential, frequently had no idea what he was doing on the basketball court. Or sometimes didn't look like he wanted to figure out what he was doing. Yeah, it was kind of like, go over and stand in the corner, okay. I'm and like, then, you're like, a rim runner, and you're like, being a rim faller, a sleeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, there were many times where he just looked completely uh, bizarrely lost. And then you've got Brandon Knight, who has had different points in his career where he looked alternately really good and really terrible. Uh, also coming off an ACL injury, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I think that it's those two guys could potentially be good or at least interesting for the D'Antoni system. You got tall Marquise Chris, rangy, could potentially be a good defensive player if you wanted to be, and Brandon Knight can shoot the three ball. You know, mm -hmm. you're adding those complementary pieces that playmaking, right? Yeah, the previously I mean, that they would need. They could get into the rotation. I'm not convinced. I think Marquise is more interesting for me because, like you said, we thought he had all this specific potential, especially like mm -hmm. shooting the three, which is definitely not materialized in anything. Yeah, but also what he was supposed to be super good at. He has not yet been great at. I mean, it's like you have all this incredible athleticism, but it doesn't matter if you have a low motor on the court. I like I like uh, motor talk. You know we're, what? I we're pro motor here at the Heat <laughs> Check, and uh, I, I questioned this motor. I was, I was wondering what happened to his motor. Uh, clearly, needs to be tinkered with. I think that's good on the Rockets. So I will say that because he's going to be around a lot of very intense veterans. Chris Paul is super intense. Melo's very intense. He can uh, be under Capella, who I think is a very good case that D'Antoni can take these. I mean, Capella's six foot ten too. He can take these guys and really, like Danny said in his piece, simplify the game and say, this is exactly what you need to do. We're putting you next to these two point guards who are going to set you up. Yeah. That's your job. Just please rebound. You know, finish around do the rim. Do little things. Do what we ask from, you to do. Yeah, right. Side Try. Side of the court to side of the court. Yeah. Try. Um, I could see this going two way. I have no idea what to expect from Brandon Knight because Brandon Knight's career has been a mystery to me his entire time. But for Marquise Chris, I could see this really going one of two ways. Either he's like a regular part of the rotation and he like figures out where to go on the court and he tries hard, or he is completely vanished and he's right. stuck on the end of the bench and we don't hear from him again. And it's that's also, the end of Marquise Chris in the NBA. Oh, it would be. It totally would be. I also think it's fun that he's going to the Rockets because this he's like was supposed to be a three point shooter or maybe not three point shooter but was supposed to like this, this bring is an part option of his skill set. Well, right. was supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know what does he have a skill set. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we'll I'm find out. But it's cool that he's going to the Rockets because if that's going to ever be a thing, it's going to be a thing on the. Rockets. That could have been yet another item in our continuing. Are we sure series? Are we sure Marquise <laughs> Chris has a skill set? I'm not sure, but I'll bring that up to Justin Verrier, who's the steward of our Are We Sure series. Maybe we can fit that in under the wire before the uh, NBA season short starts. Article. <laughs> it would be a very short, a graph or two, in and out. Uh, so we're doing an Are are we sure series as uh, we run up to the NBA season? A number of them that you can find on the ringer.com. We're going to run through some of them right now, some of the, the latest ones that we've posted. Uh, one of them by the aforementioned Paulo Esco blog. <laughs> are we sure that we've already seen the best of the OKC Thunder? The basic premise here is yeah, I mean, are the Thunder done in the Western Conference? What do we think about the Thunder? Where are you, Haley O'Shaughnessy? The Thunder, very divisive team in uh, Ringerland. I think that there's no question that they're better. I don't know how any—first of all, losing Mellow makes you better. Addition by subtraction. Exactly. And plus they added on—so let's see, they have Nerlens, which is interesting. He's not even high stakes. Like, they don't need him to be something, but that's interesting. 
I don't know if you know this about me. I hail okay. from Philadelphia, and I have uh, covered one oh, Maryland's Noel for some time. And uh, I ran into him last year when the when the Mavericks were in town, mm-hmm. and this was early onset Mavericks pre halftime hot dog. Before he had been absolutely, ba- I know I'm like talking with my hands. She's Haley is looking at my hands very suspiciously right now because I'm gesticulating wildly. Luckily, it's a podcast. But I was talking to him, and and this was early uh, Carlisle before they had really had their falling out, and he had been buried on the bench, and he was hopeful that he could, you know, be on a team where his skills. He's nobody's higher on Nerlens than Nerlens, which is good. I am the. This is a very long way of saying I am still very high on Nerlens. I have always been of the mindset that he's like a starter kit Joe Kim Noah. Good Joe Kim Noah, not Nick's Joe Kim Noah. He doesn't need uh, the ball offensively because he's not very good offensively, but he is a rim runner. All right. the things that you said about Marquise Chris and his motor and all that stuff, he's a rim runner. He plays excellent defense. He's a really good and underrated passer. I think this is going to be the perfect complement for a Steven Adams needs a little blow. You're playing him like 20 minutes a game maybe. Like This is going to be a very good addition for them, I think. Yeah. I totally agree. And the best part about it is that exactly what you said. He has to bet on himself or he's, I don't want to say out of the league, but he's in going to be in a bad place because this is on the qualifying offer, right? Yes. Or did they sign him? They, listen to me. This is a, yet another thing to go back to tie it up with the uh, Ryan Nerland's Anderson on himself take your money thing. Take the money, man. Like that was an all time gaffe. Somebody, like I said, nobody loves Nerlens more was, than Nerlens. What was it that he was offered? Uh, let's check this. Was Hold it like a sixteen a year? Four years, seventy million. That's Four years, seventy million. So now he's on a two-year, three-point-seven million dollar yeah. contract. Anybody offers you seventy million dollars, generally take it. Yeah, probably. I think that's take good it. advice. But I think for the for the Thunder, like I'm kind of torn on them because you know last year they were what they were. They had Melo. They put this three-headed monster together. They didn't. They used him, and and for whatever you think about uh, Mello, and I'm not a huge Mello guy, he had a good point in that like what they asked him to do wasn't his game. If you're going to invest in Mello, like you're going to get Mello, right? Like exactly. The ball goes in, it's ISO, it doesn't come out, he doesn't play defense. They used him basically as a three-point shooter. He, he shot their second most amount of three-pointers last year because they needed him to after Paul George. And then he hurt them in every other way, so... I think you're probably right that it is addition by subtraction, but I I just like look at this yeah, team and I don't know where they're going to get. Yeah, saying that Mellows can't help out a, a team that's like hunting a title, but you're right. It was mutually not beneficial. He wasn't doing what he thought he should have been doing. And honestly, like what he does best, I don't think you should be spotting him up in the corner necessarily. Although at this stage in his career, I'm not really sure what else he offers that would make him a starter, which is exactly why the whole starting in Houston thing is interesting. But before we stop talking about the Thunder, also they have Dennis Schroeder. I, I'm so glad you guard. brought this up. He's now so, the best backup point guard in the league. Mini Russell Westbrook. Uh, he checks for days. He might even end up being, uh, Isaac and I are going to have to come up with like an all heat check team for the heat check podcast. <laughs> but this is a great point. What do we think Dennis Schroeder looks like playing understudy to Russell Westbrook? Do you mean like, and can he? Like, at what point does he like decide that he should start over Russell Westbrook? He loves himself some uh, Dennis Schroeder. He's probably already decided that, but we've seen that before <laughs> with Dion, right? What did he write on his shoes that one time? Like starter or potential starter? Yeah, or he got pretty pissed off. Yeah, yeah. I no, I think it'll be fine. I think the it'll be really great actually on the court. It'll be interesting to see between him, Nerlens, Russ. I'm trying to think about if there's an, another attitude guy on that team you know, like who choose out who on the court first. It'd be really fun if it was Schroeder first 
losing his shit on somebody. That would be funny. But yeah. I think it'll probably be Russ on somebody. Russ is also supposed to be, like, he convinced Paul George to stay. He's probably, like, a super great teammate. Steven Adams, like, fights the death for him on social media. Ennis Cantor still does. So Russ uh, is an underrated team. Before we move on, for, I you know I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with Russ. I like watching him. I don't know if I'd want to play with him just because it's like all well, Russ all dance? the time. I, I've got the rhythm inside me. I'm not terrible. <laughs> I'm half Cuban and half Italian, so like that's like automatic. Uh, real quick, last year the Thunder had 48 wins, middle of the pack in the Western Conference playoff picture. Obviously bounced by the Jazz in an unceremonious fashion in the playoffs. Better or worse than last year at 48 wins. 48 wins actually. I'm so, I, like I can't. I still can't believe that they actually got that far. I keep them the same. It's a tougher You're Western Conference. 48 again? No, I would. It's a tougher Western Conference, but they're also a better team. Uh, tougher Western Conference, better team. I'm going to take the under. All right, next one here for our Are We Sure series. This one was written by Jonathan Charks. Are we sure the Bucks aren't a finals contender this year? This one is pretty much based on the premise that the Eastern Conference is garbage, hot trash. Uh, don't disagree with that. What do we think about the Milwaukee Bucks potentially as a uh, Eastern Conference playoff contender? I'm really excited about Budenholzer and what he can do with the roster and the supporting cast that no one's been able to do so far mm -hmm. um, because they have a lot of potential. And honestly, like Giannis is a monster. He's, like he's giving you enough. You know what I mean? He's not asking you to do anything crazy. He's like, I'll do everything. I'll lead the team in points, rebounds, blocks, not assists, but close. He's amazing. I mean, he's a yeah. do, he's a do everything except for shoot, three-pointers. Uh, and who and if, knows? Maybe he'll come back with that. Maybe he will. Uh, Giannis is one of my favorite players to watch. We're definitely pro Giannis here at the Heat Check Podcast. I look at the rest of the team, though, and I wonder if they have enough because when they got Eric Bledsoe, I was like, oh, this is good. He plays defense. He's uh, He can shoot the three ball. He can get to the rack. Uh, he, he doesn't need to be the main focus. He got out of uh, Phoenix where he didn't want to be. I thought it was going to be really positive. It didn't work out the way that I thought it would work out. Malcolm Brogdon is fine. Chris Middleton is their second best player. I believe in him. Yeah, I like Chris Middleton, but then... I'm like, with Chris. But is, if Chris Middleton is your second best player, what do you really have? I, and, and this is not to disparage Chris Middleton. Let's, this is a star-driven league where we're talking about super team stacking and like five all-stars in Golden State. And we've, we've got the Boston Celtics budding juggernaut. And of course, I don't know if you know this, I'm from Philadelphia. The Philadelphia <laughs> 76ers are ascendant. Um, I just wonder, like, can you be an Eastern Conference, even in the weakened Eastern Conference, can you be a championship contender when Chris Middleton's your second best guy? First of all, shots fired. Too much? When you were Too saying spice? that, I just logged on to Twitter and added him and said. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, Chris Middleton, come on, come on the Heat Check podcast and you can yell at me. I like Chris Middleton. I think that, I think that okay, not this year, but I wouldn't underestimate the coach who took the Atlanta Hawks to 60 wins without a superstar. Yeah, and that was a sum of its parts team. That was a really good team. I just think that they had more parts to have a sum of. Sure. This is a this is fewer parts and a lower sum. Sure, but they've Giannis. They do have Giannis, which skews the he average. He equals like he equals he like 3 very 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 good role players. Right now, if you divide them up. Right now as I look at this, I've got them fifth in the Easter Conference behind in order. The Celtics, Raptors, and Sixers, I have kind of in the same tier, but I have the Celtics first and the Raptors and Sixers, then the Pacers, then the Bucks. Okay. I think they're going to be fine. I don't think that they're going to win the Eastern Conference. I think that even Giannis is going to need more. That's fine. Maybe not this year. 
Maybe not this year. I'll give them a year. Are We Sure series continues with, this one actually, uh, this is from Kendrick, really made me laugh. Are we sure that the that the Southeast Division shouldn't be called the South Least Division? hey uh, <laughs> He really nailed that one. I really like this. The Southeast Division, not good, Haley O'Shaughnessy. Not great. Not great. Um, is this the worst part of the NBA in general? You've got the Heat, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Magic, and the Hawks. The Wizards could be... Good. <laughs> I think the Wizards Could will be they? better. They'll They've be got better. Dwight Howard now. I'm so into that. So we already what? had Joe House on the podcast, and of course I, I heard busted you, Isaac. His, yes, I said I'm so into that. I busted his chops about that. How are you into Dwight Howard? Because that's all they've needed to take the next step the last, like, three seasons. And health. Are you doing this, like— Are you making fun of me right now? Are you, no, I'm genuinely— around? Yeah. No, I'm not saying specifically Dwight Howard. I'm saying they needed to get Gortat— out of there. Yeah. So here's there. my thing though. All right. So you've got That is their weakness. You you have this this group of people who clearly did not get this along in John Wall and Bradley Beal and Marcin <laughs> Gortat, right? And right. and especially Gortat and Wall butted heads quite a bit. Right. And talked I don't about think it openly. Gort- I think Gortat and Brad were friends. Gortat and Brad were team not John Wall when the, when John Wall was out for a little bit. Team share the ball. Yeah, and then like— Team everyone eats. Yeah, everyone eats. Exactly. It was that period. And then so Gortat and Wall butted heads. They get rid of Gortat. And their answer to this roster strife after clearing out one part is to bring in Dwight Howard? See, I think it brings everyone together <laughs> when you when you all can direct your own petty hate yes. to one person. Haley, I'm maybe your biggest fan here at the Ringer. I'm going to save this, <laughs> and we're going to play it later. Like, th- like not even later in the season. It's going to be like three weeks into the season, and Dwight's going to do something stupid, and I'm going to have you back on the podcast. We're just going to rerun this whole thing uh, okay, for you to is, defend. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, tell me. For the situation they've got themselves in, mm-hmm. where they cannot afford to pay anyone, but they had to improve upon Gortat. If you look at what Dwight—I mean, Dwight is still extremely, extremely capable. Is he? Yes. What are you talking I'm wa- about? I'm way out on Dwight Howard. I'm He's out on him double. as a teammate. Yeah, but he, I mean, like, did you see that he he said that he wanted to be, what did he say, Isaac? A younger version of, no, it was Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yes. It was Anthony yeah. Davis, who's okay. younger than him. And he's like, I'm going to shoot threes. Now, no, you're not. You're not going to do any of those things. You're Dwight Howard. You were totally Old dog, looking at new this. Tricks. You were looking at this the wrong way. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe the Wizards did this. This is going to be a mess, whatever. Maybe. Yeah. He's Probably, Steve but what are their other options? He is, this is such an upgrade from Gortat. <laughs> I cannot believe that people are just like— This is hilarious. It can't work chemistry-wise, and it definitely can't work in him like revamping his game. He is Steve Buscemi in the meme, or, like, hello, fellow kids. He's not going to teach himself new shit. Wouldn't you take the chance, though? No. You wouldn't take the chance? On Dwight what Howard? What are their other options? Not Dwight Howard. What is it? Jan Mahinmi. I don't know. Like, are I would you rather, serious? I would honestly that? rather have Jan Mahinmi as your guy than Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard they is got, a career team killer everywhere he's been. They got a man who is capable of elite rebounding. I did not mean, I, I can't believe we, I, I don't generally do hot take corner. Like, in fact, on the last podcast I did, I was like railing against doing hot takes. And yet this has gotten spicy. I did not anticipate this. I just think that people, it's not, I'm not saying that people are, (laughs) are overreacting upon him being a bad teammate. That's not Mm. what I'm saying, but I'm saying that they don't have any other options. Who else are they going to pay that has his talent? Two years, ten million. Yeah, they well, they well, that's another Ernie Grunfeld really. They have to take this risk because otherwise they're going to stay in the exact same place, even in the East. 
Yeah, I mean, they're not going anywhere. They're uh, not going to be. Period, but they're definitely not going anywhere with Dwight Howard. All right, let's, we've got to figure out like a little bet between you and I here. So they had 43, <laughs> they had 43 wins last season. You are clearly pro Wizards and clearly pro I'm not pro- Dwight Howard. And uh, I just think that this is not as bad an idea as everyone says it is because they've truly locked themselves into a corner. Where do you think they finished this better or worse than 43 wins? Obviously, you're going over. Uh, Let's see. Celtic. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to pick uh pick a take a stand here for me on the Wizards. Where do you think are they going to win a round? Yes. You're going to win they're going to yes. win a round. Yes, they okay. will finally advance. I'm going to say Well, no, no, no. Well, actually, I don't yeah, I don't know if they're going to last that long. <laughs> You're gonna have to chop all this out. You can't. <laughs> you can't have yay. They're gonna win around and no, they're not gonna make it that long. You got to pick a side. Remember also that they have Austin Rivers on their team, and they have Austin Rivers. This is a great point by Isaac. Austin Rivers and Dwight Howard. I'm gonna say no playoffs for the Wizards this year. Really? No playoffs. Impossible. You can't I'll have bet those you on two. That. All right, you're gonna say they're gonna make the playoffs. The, look at the Eastern Conference right I now. I know, and that's that's you're how much I no don't. Playoffs. That's how much I don't like Austin Rivers and Dwight Howard. I think I just Howard. became the host of this podcast. I think you did. You get to host the podcast uh, in perpetuity if they, <laughs> if they make the playoffs. Mark that down and talk to the bosses about it. All right, last one for us on our continuing Are We Sure series. This one is by one staff writer Haley O'Shaughnessy. Are we sure that the NBA has not passed Pat Riley by? Talk about shots fired. That's the thing is like the title might say that, but in the end I said that he has an extremely long leash. Mm-hmm. I think that he'll get a chance to shake this up even after all these contracts expire if it comes to that. But it's just he's in a bad spot. You know, if you look at the time in between when he started in 95, drafted D-Wade, got Shaq, got LeBron, basically he still has time from moving on to LeBron to the next big thing. It's just that he's really locked himself into a bad spot. And didn't do anything this summer. That's the only. That's the most damning thing is that if he because last year he missed out on Gordon Hayward. Yep. Freaked out. Yeah. You know, oversigned a bunch of these guys, and now he's saying, "Okay, I want this team to grow naturally and organically." And maybe that's just in the meantime a tryout to see who could be the best role players for a championship team, and then he decides who to trade and who to deal. But I, there's just no one on this team who he keeps comparing it to the Warriors. He's like the Warriors. Grew this thing from the ground up. Who? Yeah. Who? Who on the? Who's, who on the who's heat your, is going to become even Clay Thompson? Well, I was going to say, yeah. Who's forget about Steph? Who's your Clay? Who's your Draymond? Yeah. You don't really have anybody. I will say that, like their roster, and because of the conference, because we've continually disparaged it, they're they're good enough to be problematic for other teams. Like I see the Heat being exactly what the Heat have been in the last couple oh, of seasons. Oh, very fun in the which is, series. They're, they're just good enough to be a pain in your ass. They're just good enough to potentially play spoiler. They're not good enough to win the conference. They're not good enough to challenge uh, for like real, you know, top tier conference supremacy. Right, and they weren't last year and it was very clear. And if, I mean, even before the playoffs and Honestly, the year before, it was very clear. And so any normal summer, you'd expect Pat Riley to be this guy who's in the running for, you know, obviously couldn't be a a big free agent because he didn't have room, but, you know, for some kind of huge trade deal. And the team he was battling against the most all summer was a team in China for Dwayne Wade. Yeah, they've they've got some—I mean, they've got some nice— 
pieces, but they don't have any great pieces. Like, they really do have good pieces. Bam is exciting. I like Goran. Bam is fine. Uh, Justice Winslow, they need to take the next step. I've always been a, uh, a Josh Richardson guy. When you're paying Hassan Whiteside $25 million, dollars, a good year too. that's good a deal. major, major problem. And I wrote about Hassan Whiteside extensively last year, not just uh, like during the season where I said like, the Miami Heat are kind of stuck in that like middle of the pack in the NBA where you don't want to be because of Hassan Whiteside. When we got to the playoffs, what happened? Couldn't play him. Can't play Hassan Whiteside. Your most can't expensive <laughs> can't play Canner. Your most expensive player because he, you know, defensively was getting exposed when they're dragging him out to the perimeter. And he couldn't do anything but like lock himself into the paint, which is not the kind of guy that you need in the playoffs. And he really, really hurt them. So I just wonder if they could find, they've been trying to find a taker for Hassan Whiteside since they signed him. So I wonder what happens next. See, that's the thing though, is that like Whiteside is a Riley guy. Yeah. So are they? I mean, I, no, I, they definitely or are, are they try- trying to work it out. No, I, well, when you're when you're paying him that kind of money, of course he's your guy. But yeah, I think that they try to get off of that contract in a heartbeat, and that's definitely like that would definitely help them too. So we'll see what happens uh, with Pat Riley and the Miami Heat this season. Maybe it's passed him by. Maybe it hasn't. NBA hasn't passed Haley O'Shaughnessy by. She's here for a long time now, gang. She's a staff writer. She's not going anywhere. She did really great. We uh, want to encourage you to read all of Haley's stuff on TheRinger.com. Read all of our NBA coverage. Make sure you read all of our NFL coverage. Check out the NFL show with Mays and Clark. You want to check out GM Street and Danacy Football. I want to say thank you to Joe House for appearing on the program. It's been far too long. Thank you to Haley O'Shaughnessy. Thank you to Isaac Lee. Heat Check will be back soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.